You know, unfortunately, Ayn Rand was wrong about corporations and businesses being liberty-loving people and wanting to improve the world through capitalism and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, turns out that's not the reality. And welcome back for another episode of the Matthew Spazzitti program where we talk about financial freedom and economics. You know, guys, here on the show, it is my mission statement, as it were, to the whole purpose of the show is to spread the message of financial freedom, free markets, libertarianism. And ultimately living the liberty lifestyle. I, I like to sum it all up in liberty in the liberty lifestyle, right? That's what I like to call this lifestyle where we as liberty-loving individuals effectively come out and we decide, I don't like the system. I don't want to do have anything to do with the system. So I'm going to become independent and build my own thing. I'm not going to rely on a corporation that tells me I have to be ashamed for my whiteness or that I have to, uh, you know, believe in this notion that humanity is at fault for climate change and that it's even a bad thing or what whatever it is, whatever they're, they're promoting, whatever the garbage they want you to believe, their authoritarian ideas, their collectivist, toxic narrative, whatever it is, by living the liberty lifestyle, by controlling the source of our income and becoming as independent and so in as many as many ways as we possibly can is the only way to truly secede from the system and that's ultimately what we preach here the liberty lifestyle right and i think that's a very valuable message we all should be if you are a liberty loving individual you need to be striving and working towards living that liberty lifestyle because so long as you depend and rely on corporations and the, the overarching system that is in America today but also in western culture and western society in general as long as you are reliant on it you will never truly be free you will never be free yeah sure there are businesses that are trying to make a difference and that's absolutely amazing but it's I hate to say it but it's all for naught really the problem is the system and there really is no way to fix it. I know that sounds really depressing and, you know, it kind of is until you realize that there is grass greener on the other side. I believe that there is, at least. I believe that there is grass that is greener on the other side and that ultimately we can secede from the system. We can break away from it and we can find better countries, more prosperous, at least more free that will rely on our money a lot more that we where we will have a say in what goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is largely what the founding fathers did. Actually, well, this is largely what people did when they came over here, when they came to America in the first place. They were looking to get away from the oppression of the of the United Kingdom, of, of the British Empire. Right? You had a king, you had parliament that was enacting all these the different taxes and, you know, Americans were right to be upset by that. And so, 
inevitably they were separatists. They came over from England and they said, we're separating from this country. We don't want any part of it. And for a long time, they tried to declare their independence and eventually they did. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for us to relive our heritage as Americans, right? And this isn't just seen as an American thing. Westerners and humans in general have largely been doing this since the dawn of time. But Westerners have been doing this for, you know, generations now. A very, very long time. If you don't like something, you go somewhere else. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but there's nowhere else to go. That's not that. I don't believe that that's true. I don't. I genuinely do not believe that that is true. There are other countries that you can go to today that aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but are better, that do value your freedoms more. They're, they have better systems in place. They, they respect your freedoms and your liberties a lot more than the country you are more than, more than likely living in today does. Right? But, you know, and this kind of segues really great into the topic that I really wanted to talk about. So, you see, I saw a, a PragerU video come out about Ayn Rand and how her ideology of objectivism and, and how she was really into capitalism and stuff and how she ultimately felt that when man was left to pursue their own, our own interests, our own self-interests, that ultimately that is capitalism and that will make a better society, and it's the most moral system that's out there. I 100% agree with a lot of things that Ayn Rand says. Okay, so I shouldn't say 100%. There are some things she tended to be, at least from my perspective, she tended to kind of, she she came across to me like she was kind of, she wasn't really a fan of religion or Christianity for that matter, and she very much worshipped humanity, right? And I very much disagreed with that. But even, even having said that, her ideas of objectivism were not false. She was right. And we don't necessarily have to apply. I mean, I, I like to classify myself as a Christian objectivist in that I think that the best we should all pursue our own self-interest. As, and as Christians, our self-interest is to pursue God and to, to pursue our relationship with God and, and all that entails. So that's so I actually take a lot of the ideas from Ayn Rand and I kind of intermingle it with my own. And it, I take the things I like and I leave the things that I don't, right? It's, it's, you know, that may sound awful, but everybody does that. Actually, I don't think it sounds awful at all, but, you know, there might be some bleeding hearts out there that say, how dare you not take the whole idea? Whatever. We all do that. We all take ideas from other people. We take the ideas that we like and we mix it in with our own ideas and then we leave the things and ditch the stuff that we don't like. We all do that. There's nothing wrong with it. And well, I did it with Ayn Rand. Well, anyways, in Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged, right? Uh, so, so, well, actually, in the PragerU video, it talked about Atlas Shrugged, and it talked about how, you know, ultimately, there's these individuals, uh, these big corporate business owners that, in effect, were libertarian, liberty-oriented people in nature, and they just started disappearing from society. If you haven't actually checked out Atlas Shrugged, I'd highly recommend it. It's a very large book, I will say, but there's lots of different ways that you can consume the information without actually reading the book. You know, for starters, you can uh, there's Atlas. You can actually watch the movie Atlas Shrugged. It's a it's a three or four part movie on Amazon. I don't recommend it. I did that. I actually never read the book, and I've heard the book is a lot better than the movies. But the movies, the first one is okay, right? The first one was all right. The second one and the third one, you know, it, it progressively got worse and worse and worse. 
as the movies went on. You could definitely tell a lot less money was funded. These movies were funded. It was funded, and it was still kind of a cheap production originally with the first movie. But in my opinion, it wasn't half bad. It, you know, there's a lot of people who would be a lot more critical about it than that. Maybe my standards for movies are quite low. But, you know, for the first one, I didn't th feel like it was all that bad. However, for the second, third, and fourth, it just, it just constantly got worse. Actors and actresses tr constantly changed as the entire series went. I don't know if there was even one actor, uh, one character whose actor stayed the same. I, I, don't, I don't know if that, that even happened. But with that said, it was an easier way to consume the information than reading a massive book. You can also do an audiobook, mind you. So you can get the the Atlas Shrugged movie on Amazon. That that's a great way, but like I said, you know, literally just said, honestly, you could also do an audiobook and that probably would be better. That way you get the you get the actual feel of the story a bit better. But that said, okay? In that story, like I said, you know, all the big producers, all the big corporations, they got fed up and tired of dealing with the corporate, you know, dealing with the government and all the regulation and regulatory burden and stuff. And eventually they just decided to leave. They, John Galt went around gathering all these people. He created an alternate society and went around and got all these different companies and corporations and these owners together. And they all ended up leaving so that and to start this new civilization elsewhere. Now let's be completely honest. All right. Yes, when regulations do increase at an alarming rate, eventually regulations get so bad that it does force a lot of companies out of the country. You you see this all the time with companies that are leaving and they're setting up other places. You can see this right now. It's happening in California and Texas. There's tons of corporations that are picking up and leaving their their companies or, and leaving behind California. And they're taking their companies and their jobs and everything that goes with those and they're bringing them to Texas. Now, granted, this is going to have a lot of side effects. A lot of these people are still very progressive, but there's a lot of conservatives and liberty-minded people that are coming as well. It's not all bad. And over time, it should, in theory, produce more jobs. Now, what it does is due to the, the tax incentives that many politicians are giving these corporations, unfortunately, a lot of these people are coming from California with a lot of money. So it's causing a massive spike in property values because they're selling their, their million-dollar bungalows and they're coming down here and buying two-story, 2,000-plus square foot home in cash. They're, you know, buying these cars, like nice Mercedes and BMWs in cash as well. You know, if they're, if they're playing their cards right, they can, they can do very, very well for themselves, assuming that they owned a house at all and assuming that they either owned a property or, or whatever. I mean, a lot of them, they probably owned property, but they had a mortgage. They didn't own the entire amount of the value of the home. So maybe they only pocketed a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatnot. Maybe they'd been living there for a while or whatever. But the, but the inflated prices of California come here and those people come here with the same income. A lot of them, some of them come here with the same income. Some of them don't. Some of them come here and maybe they get the same income for a certain period of time and then that income is reduced to be a bit more normal with the, either way, it doesn't matter. There are pros and cons to everything that happens, right? So, and there are winners and losers of everything, whether that's regulations, whatever that is, whatever we're talking about. But the point of the story is that, yes, companies will move if you beat them to death. But it's not out of a sense of idealism. It's not out of a sense of libertarianism, no. And it's not, it's not like that at all. The fact of the matter is, 
is that companies, particularly big corporations, aren't liberty-minded. They're not, they don't love liberty like indivi- like individuals in Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged. They're not. In point of fact, they love big government and they're a part of the ruling class with big government. See what I'm saying? They benefit off the system. You see, a lot of people like to uh, dog on the Nazis and stuff. And, they're, and hey, I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't. Uh, Nazis were horrible. It was a horrible regime. It was a fascist, t- terrible regime. But let's not forget that the Nazis were the National Socialist Party, Socialist Workers Party or something like that. They were socialists. It was the so fascism was the embodiment of socialism when people, when they attempted it. When they attempted socialism, it became fascism. And it was terrible. But one of the things that a lot of people don't really understand about the Nazi regime is that they loved big corporations. They didn't demon, no, they loved them. They, they worked with a lot of big corporations because the big corporations had the means of production. They had the machinery. They had the manufacturing facilities. They had all these types of stuff. They loved these companies. So the government came in and granted them special privileges. The government came in and gave them printed money. They did all kinds of stuff. They gave them basically carte blanche on the entire market. Uh, and the industry, and they, so that they had the entire market share, they were the only ones you could go with. You see, the big government loves big corporations. I, I did an episode on this a long, gosh, I, I want to say a long time ago. I think it was last year. It was it was a while ago, right? But big corporate companies love big corporations, or, or I'm sorry, big companies, big governments love big corporations because if they effectively will, can only allow a couple of companies to really be the only ones you can go with. So an oligopoly, if you will. So a few big companies, not quite a monopoly, but you know, maybe there's like three, five, sometimes there's only really like two. I mean, if you think of the cell phone company, you've got Verizon and you have AT&T. Yes, you have T-Mobile, you have Sprint as well, and Virgin Mobile and, and Metro PCS, but really none of those are really competitors to Verizon and AT&T. These are the big behemoths. It's an oligopoly. Do, are, do they have monopolies? No, but they do have combined, the, they have the largest market share in the entire cell phone you know, industry. And sure, you've got Sprint and T-Mobile. Those are the next biggest ones that come to mind. And there are other big companies too, but they're not anywhere near the size, as far as I'm aware, of AT&T and Verizon. These companies lobby with big government get regulations to be put forth. They own the vast majority of cell phone towers, right? They are, in effect, an oligopoly. So so you, you could see that there. But the big governments love this because then all they have to do is when they want something from these companies, they just have to lean on them. Because they could say, yeah, you know what? We don't like this regulation anymore. We're going to take it away. Odds are that would not be the response. The response would be, um, we're going to tax you, we're going to raise taxes, or we're going to reduce your the benefits that we're giving you, or maybe we're just going to not let you do mergers, or maybe maybe they'll reduce regulations. You know, maybe they would do that, but odds are they would probably hit them in other ways before reducing regulations. But you see, the corporations would just capitulate. The corporations themselves control the government because they lobby with the government. 
for special privileges, regulations, things of that nature. You see, the, 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 the relationship between big corporations and big government are, are very, very similar. They're symbiotic in nature. They benefit off of each other. They thrive off of each other. This is something that a lot of people don't really understand. This is why I say we have an oligarchy in America today. Because the oligarchy is big government and big corporations effectively getting in bed with each other. Big corporations lobby and contribute millions if not billions of dollars to politicians to get certain regulations passed. Heck, these big companies, they've got lobbyists sitting in Washington basically, you know, flooding the pockets of almost every politician and paying them all off. So that they can maintain market share. They can maintain their tiny little government. You see, I've also said this before on the show many times. Corporations are governments. They absolutely are. They're not states. They don't have a monopolistic use of force, but they do, you know, in a geographic location, but they do have the use of force. They can force competition out. Just take the whole parlor incident. I mean, parlor is now coming back on the market. Why? Because it's oligopoly millionaire, Merce, the Mercer family. And I forget the lady's name, but she's a Mer- she's part of the Mercer Empire, right? This big, wealthy family who's been who who's made a lot of money off of the system. She's part. This family is part of the oligopoly we're talking about. Well, now Parler is controlled by that family, effectively. And as a result of that, they're now capitulating and bending the knee to Apple. And they're engaging in censorships. And now Parler is going to be back on the App Store. But what happened when the Freedom of Speech CEO, John Matz, he said, no, I'm not going to censor speech. He was ousted by his partners, investors, whoever. He claims 40% of the business was basically stolen from him. But before that, he refused to bend the knee. And his company was taken off of the servers of Amazon. It was taken off of Apple. You see, they do have the use of force. Apple and Amazon nearly destroyed Parler. They were overly reliant on them. Now one can, you know, one can certainly make the the argument that they shouldn't have been, especially when you had companies like Gab who already showed what happened when, you know, years before the whole Parler incident, Gab was deplatformed as well. But Gab has its own has their own servers, and Gab, frankly, is still kicking. Now, I don't like a lot of the content that's on Gab. Frankly, it's very overly political. It's very it can be very it's talk it can be very toxic. But now more on the conservative side, you got a lot of right wingers that are in there. Or I don't even know. I I, I I sometimes I struggle to call a lot of the people on there conservative. But you know they're they're Republicans. They're right wingers, right? And unfortunately, they still don't get the idea that politics is not the answer. But Gab is a, is a a, a, plat, a free speech platform, and Gab is a good a, a good company. I I have a profile on Gab. I use it. You know, I'm growing my following there. Haven't been on it for a past couple of days, but I, you know, I hop on every now and then. You know, just trying to, you know, just uh, you know, it's a good platform. I like it. And Gab, you know, as a platform itself, we're getting off topic. I know, but you know, I do that all the time. You know, Gab of in itself is actually a very interesting platform when you, on the surface. You know, when you look at it, Gab is a mixture of Reddit, Facebook, and Twitter all rolled into one, and and also YouTube as well, because now there's a video platform too. 
And so you can blog on there. You can actually write blogs on Gab. That's pretty cool. You can create videos on Gab TV on cha- on the channels of Gab. You can also you there's so much stuff you can do. You can also do uh, short form writing with like you know Twitter, and then you also got groups too, kind of like Reddit and Facebook have. It's like a combination of all the coolest social media platforms that were ever created. It's actually a really really nice system. Now I will say their servers are a little un unstable, you know, they get hacked, they've been hacked a lot, I've had to change my emails as a result of it, they get attacked a lot because, you know, if regulators aren't going to come after them, then I guess left-wing hackers are going to come after them, that's what they claim, that it was left-wing hackers, I I really don't know, but it does appear that left-wing hackers did attack them, and they were unable to prevent the attack, unfortunately, but with with that said, okay, there is, that's the oligopoly. That's the oligarchy that exists in America today. You see, you're, this is why I say constantly that your vote doesn't matter, because you, you, what really drives regulation, monetary, what really drives all that, what really drives regulation in the political landscape is big corporations. Big corporations are what really drives this country. The vast majority of regulations that are created today are done so because corporations have paid lobbyists to go to government and to create laws that benefit them at the expense of competition, which naturally is at the expense of everyone else because now we don't get to see all the really cool innovation, all the cool innovations and all the cool stuff that comes from competitors who want to basically steal the throne of these big corporations. That's what we have in America today. And they have the use of force, absolutely. They genuinely do. They are forms of government. So, ladies and gentlemen, look, kind of, let's tie this all back to Ayn Rand here. She portrayed these business owners, these big corporations, as being liberty-minded people and running away from the system to create their own system, their, their own world that's much more free market. And while there may be a couple of big corporate wealthy people out there who are, you know, big company owners and stuff, who who are who do feel that way, the vast majority of them do not. The vast majority of them are more than fine with using the system to their own advantage at the expense of everybody else. In fact, they're incentivized to use the system so heavily that if they're not an idealist, if they're not an ideologue, and they don't have an ideology that they believe in, there's really no way that they would bend the knee. Or there's really no way that they wouldn't bend the knee and that they wouldn't participate in the system. You know, a lot of these corporations are only big and powerful because government has allowed them to do it, because government allowed them to lobby with them. You know, you got a whole bunch of spineless politicians absolutely incompetent politicians out there who need money and support for their campaigns. They're only in politics for a a short period of time, relatively speaking. They're incentivized to leech as much from the government and thereby leech as much from the country as they possibly can and to obtain more power, as much power and money as they possibly can. This is because of democracy, mind you. This is because we don't have lifetime uh, terms. Now, I'm not saying we should have lifetime terms. Again, then you're just merely a dictator. You're merely a long-term, a permanent steward. 
You still don't own it. Not like a monarchy. You still do not own the government itself. You don't, it's not yours. It's not your asset. It's not your business, right? So as a result of that, politicians are incentivized to leech from the system as much as possible. So they offer corporations all kinds of benefits if corporations merely pay them for it. Corporations pay them off. Regulation comes about, reducing competition, and thereby increasing the market share of these big, fat corporations. But rest assured, these corporations wouldn't be anywhere near the size that they are today if it wasn't for government, if it wasn't for the the benefits that government gives them. If they had to rely on a free market, the corporations that, that we see that are massive, think General Electric, Pro- Procter & Gamble, right? Apple, Facebook, Twitter, think these behemoth some companies, right? And I know that Facebook and Twitter are probably nowhere near, the, I, I don't know if they're the, near the size of Procter & Gamble and General Electric and all these massive behemoth corporations. But the truth is, is that I don't think they would be anywhere near the size that they are. If they don't, if they didn't have the power of government behind them. And that leads to another really great point. What can we do about this? Right? As long as you are in the system, if you are not super rich and wealthy, there's very, there's little that you can actually do. So people like you and me can't do a lot. So the only real thing to do is to secede from the nation, secede from the system, break away and pursue greener pastures on the other end. That is genuinely what I believe. Because the system is already, even if you are rich and wealthy, I still don't think that we'd be able to change it. I still doubt whether that would even be enough. Even if you were as wealthy as the Koch brothers, right? And Koch as in, I think it's K-O-C-H or something. It's not, it's not C-O-K. It's, it's not C-O-K-E. It's not the soda you know, company. It's not the drink company. But even the Koch brothers, I th- they're, they're known for giving money to, I think, libertarian, liberty-minded people and whatnot. And they get, I think they give money to Republicans. I'm not entirely certain about it. Anyways, they're known for being liberty-oriented, right? They're kind of seen as the Antichrist by a lot of left, <laughs> left-leaning people. They, they hate them. But even they, can they really change the system when the system is so hell-bent towards destruction, totalitarianism, authoritarianism? I don't even think they can do it. There's just not enough people. And by the time that there is, it's the, we've already lost, in my opinion. I know this is a depressing message, and I don't want to end it on this, on, this, on this point, but I do legitimately feel that we have already lost a lot. We lost before many of us were even born. The fact of the matter is that something... It's possible to turn it around. I'm not going to say it's not. Anything is possible, but it's highly, highly unlikely to ever happen. Even if all of us, you know, became super unbelievably wealthy people, I still don't know if it would be possible to do. But I do know there is one thing that we could do. We can leave. We can take control of the source of our income. And this is, this is the hope, right? This is the hope that I have. And you may not like it. You may be the type of person that comes from the persuasion of I want to stay and fight. Okay, fine. Good luck to you. I don't hold anything against you whatsoever, you know, but I don't subscribe to that at all. 
The way I see it is it's a burning ship. It's going down. There's nothing you can do about it. It's basically the Titanic. We hit a, we hit an iceberg and we're going down. That's the way that I see it. And unfortunately, there's not enough life rafts for everyone. There's not enough uh, lifeboats for everybody. So only a few will be saved. Right? And I know I, I compare it to the Titanic, but that, that's kind of how I view it. That might be depressing, but I actually find that to be a, a form of hope for me. You see, I see it as we can fix the system. Or I see it as we can leave. We can go to another country. Now, I have been criticized many times by loved ones in my own life saying, well, Matthew, where, where are we going to go? Everywhere else is just as we're America's the best country. America, right? America first. We're the best freaking country in the whole freaking world. And you don't, there's nowhere else better to go than here. I, I, I do not subscribe to that ideology. I don't. I don't subscribe to that belief. America is, was a great and amazing nation, but it is a shadow of what it once was. And it's a sad shadow with that. America has still a lot of things going for it. Yes, it's still a great nation to be in. But it is not going in the direction it, it should be. It's heading in the wrong direction. In point of fact, in order for... Th- well, I don't really want to get into that, but I was gonna—I was gonna get into some eschatology stuff, uh, biblical stuff, right? I, I love eschatology. Of all the things I love studying about the Bible, and I love—you know—I I love a lot of it. You know, don't get me wrong, but I—I I love studying eschatology. Well, I was gonna say that in order for a lot of the prophecy to come, you know, that the Bible talks about to come to fruition, I believe—speculation on my end, by the way. <laughs> so don't take it like I, I I know like this is absolutely what's going to happen and anyone who says otherwise is wrong. No, it's my speculation that America has to fall. America has to fall in order for the prophecy to, you know, the prophecies to be fulfilled. And I don't want to get into it on the show, right? But that is my belief. I think America has to die in order for things to continue to progress towards the, you know, the, the end times and whatnot, but that's, but that's, but that's, that's me. I don't, you don't have to agree with me on that, but ladies and gentlemen, to be honest, again, I just don't think that we can change the system, but instead of being depressed about that, instead of getting all up in arms and just absolutely being depressed, we should be focused on there is, I believe that there is grass greener on the other side. We can leave if we have to. You know, there's lots of tiny little nations out there that are much freer. They respect our money better. They respect our freedoms better. You know, if nothing else, the government would be authoritarian, totalitarian. They just don't have the power to do. They don't have the money because the country is too poor. But that doesn't mean that there aren't nice areas for us to live in. I mean, think about it this way. India is a very poor country. The vast majority of the country is poor. Yet there are wealthy people and very nice areas to live in in India. You go to India, there are some nice places to be in. Very nice places. Right? There's tons of nice places to be in in India. Otherwise, the rich and the wealthy wouldn't be there. The rich and the wealthy in India wouldn't be living in India if it w- if every inch of India was a crap hole. And it, it just, it's not. 
Now, yeah, it doesn't have quite the widespread wealth that America does or many Western nations, but maybe that's going to change in the future. I don't know. If it's going to, the only way it's going to change is if they, if they get off the regulation bandwagon, this, and their, their horrible, corrupt political stuff. I mean, honestly, I mean, seriously, they're never going to get anywhere if they continue to start regulating, you know, threatening to ban cryptocurrencies and, and all their corrupt, you know, dealings and stuff. Yeah, you you know, you're going to have to change a lot if you ever want India to be as prosperous as, as they, as they could be. And that's the, the truth for the vast majority of small little countries. But there are, and I'm not trying to suggest that you should go live in India, okay? I'm just saying that there are countries that are out there, there, there is grass that's greener on the other side. There are countries whose, who, who ha, whose governments respect your money more, they want your money more, because they want to improve the country more, so they're going to offer benefits to rich and wealthy people to move there. Right? They want you to be there, so they're going to respect your money. They're going to give you benefits. It's like the companies that are moving from California to Texas. They're doing it because the politicians of Texas decided to give them tax benefits. But look, I do believe that there there, there are countries that we can go to that are moving in the right direction. And I'm not saying they're perfect. But I believe that we can go there. I mean, there's all kinds of different companies. I know I heard of a guy named Vin Armani. Many of you may have heard of him. He's a cryptocurrency expert type of guy, and he's he's become very wealthy for his for his age and whatnot. And he has moved to Saipan. Right before all the all the coronavirus stuff happened, he actually decided he knew what Gavin Newsom was going to do because he knew Gavin Newsom was like a dicta- a little dictator wannabe. And he's like, no, this isn't going to go well. I'm moving. And, and, and him and his family, he, he, him and his wife and his kids, they just picked up and moved. He had, a mo- he had the control of the source of his income. He had mobile income that could move wherever he did. So that's what he did. Now he lives in Saipan. Now there are a lot of people that's like, I don't want to live in Saipan, a tiny little island nation. I don't want to live there. U.S. military base. Okay, you don't have to. You don't have to live there, right? But there are countries that are out there. I truly believe it. And that's what I'm working on right now. I'm working on becoming financially free, on controlling the source of my income, and then making that income mobile. With the idea of making it mobile right from the start, it's something that's already pre-baked into my idea of becoming financially free when I'm starting my businesses. Everything I'm doing is completely online. Not doing anything physical. I'm doing everything online. I'm not even going to worry about own a lot of people when they start down this path they want to own you know real estate and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. I'm not interested in that. It ties you down to a particular location. Now, I mean, you could still do it and live in another country. You could create a corporation. You can build up your portfolio of rental properties and then you can hire somebody else to manage it. And yet you closely manage the manager and whatnot and kind of go from there would be a lot of work, but you could do it. And and then you're free to move and live wherever you want. You could do that. Sure. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't have any, I don't have anything against anyone who chooses to do that. But for me, I, I don't know. I'm, it's not something I'm interested in doing right now. Now, I might want to own properties all around the world someday when I when I get to that point, but I'm not interested in it right now, right? So, I don't know. For me, everything I'm doing is, is online. It's mobile income oriented, and I, everything I'm doing is, is geared towards all that because in the end, ladies and gentlemen, I intend to leave. I intend 
to operate this podcast, to operate my trading business and everything else that I'm doing from another country somewhere. And I haven't really fully decided where. I'm looking currently into Mexico because I want to homeschool my kids, right? So I need to go to a country where the taxes are, are, are lenient. There's maybe a lot of loopholes you can get through, legal loopholes and whatnot. And uh, also, but I also want there to be a lot of not just economic freedom. I want there to be a lot of personal and social freedom and raising kids and basically doing um, homeschooling is one of those things that I want to do. The fact of the matter is that I, I was considering Panama a little while ago. They don't allow homeschooling. So automatically got, I, I cut it off my list. As much as I hate it, I, I cut it off my list. And I don't just want to, to go to a country that says, oh, yeah, well, we allow it, but there's all this type of loopholes and, and red tape you got to jump through. No, no screw you. you go, go screw yourself. Not interested in that at all. No. I'm going to live my life and you leave, me, you leave me alone. Well, in reality, I mean, I don't want to be left alone. Eventually, I want to become influential enough to where maybe I can affect real positive change towards liberty and freedom in those countries. But, you know, I digress. But th- that that's what I want to do. So I don't know, many of you might might not like that. You may not like the idea that I want to jump ship and leave. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to like it. All right? But this is my show, and that's what I think is the best thing. I, I don't think that we can honestly change the country that we're currently in. I think it's a waste of time. But I think there's a lot of hope that's out there and and there's a lot of really cool technological advances that are coming. In America, that technology will be used to enslave you. In another country, you might be able to use it and enjoy it without being enslaved. I don't know. But I have hope that there is better, the grass is greener on the other side and I'm working my rear end off as much as I can. I mean, you guys know I'm a stay-at-home dad, right? You know, so I take care of my daughter. My wife is now going back into the office a lot more now, so that that's going to be a bit of an issue, but I'm I I'm trying. I'm doing what I can. Right? I'm recording episodes and editing them during her nap times. I'm, you know, doing back testing on my trading and stuff. Doing a lot of that kind of stuff, right? So, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for the episode. I highly, if you haven't started on your journey to becoming financially free and you know, you, but you like the idea, then get started. If you don't know what you want to do, I highly encourage you to go check out skillshare.com. Um, it is an affiliate program that I, that I, that I have. I think it's really great, uh, a place to go and get educated. It's got a lot of different stuff that you can go, a lot of different really high quality courses you can go check out. So, you know, if you want, go check out Skillshare. They're a great company. If you don't know what you want to do, then basically what you need to do is watch a lot of training videos on a lot of different skills, and then you need to kind of make a decision as to what you want to do. Just, you know, go ahead, subscribe. It's like $100 for the whole year. It's like dirt cheap. I have a subscription. I love it. I use it. It for as much as I possibly can. It's really, really great. And no, I did not intend to do an affiliate pitch. <laughs> I didn't intend that at all. I just kind of, I don't know. It just, I just had the thought of Skillshare being a great place to go if, if you don't know what you want to do, right? So then I figured, yeah, if I'm going to talk about it, I might as well pitch the affiliate program, right? I'll, I'll put the link in the description below like I do in every show. I've got a link of all the affiliate programs. If you guys want to financially support the show, check out those programs. If you find interest in using our link, it helps to support the show uh, financially helps keep this going, helps me keep the lights on around here. So with that stated, all right, if you want to continue to help the show, 
there's a couple things that I'd like to ask you. First and foremost, if you're getting a lot of value out of this, then please make sure to go and leave a rating review on iTunes. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a free way. You don't have to pay any money to do this, obviously, but you go and you leave a rating review and it helps us get on the map. It helps us get on the rankings, which helps to make the show more visible. So if you guys love this message of living the liberty lifestyle and not being beholden to anybody and being independent, which I think if you are a liberty-oriented person, okay, if, if you are, it is your birthright. It is your inheritance. I think we should all be wealthy. We should all be influential. And I'm not trying to say, and again, in other episodes, I'm a Christian. I'm not trying to say you should obsess and lust after this stuff, okay? That's not what I'm trying to say. You shouldn't covet, all that kind of stuff. What I'm saying, though, is having the ambition, there's nothing wrong with that, okay? You still need to pursue God more than you're pursuing money and all that kind of stuff and, and whatnot, but there's nothing wrong with having ambition for increase, we all have it, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, whatever that is. We all have that natural ambition for increase to try to make our lives better. It's part of what makes us human. There's nothing wrong with it, okay? But with that stated, I think that if you are a liberty-loving individual, it is your inheritance. It is your birthright. It's just a matter of whether you want to accept it or not. It's not going to be easy, right? But, I, but it is your, <laughs> but it's out there with your name on it. What are you waiting for? Go get it. If you don't know what you want to do, go check out Skillshare. You know, get get the courses. But ladies and gentlemen, if you like the message, help to spread the message. One of the ways is leaving a rating review on iTunes. The other way is to get out there on social media and just share it. Just hit the share button. Copy and paste the link in the, in the URL and just, you know, do say, hey, I really like this and post. I don't know. What, however you want to share it, there's a million and one ways. Just get out there and do it. Share the message. And if you know some people in your life that you personally think would get a lot of value out of it, and you, and again, you're loving it, you're coming here every week, then, you know, share it with them. Share it with three people. I always say share it with three people, right? Share it with one person you know is going to love it. Two people you're not so sure about, but you think they need to hear the message anyways. So ladies and gentlemen, hey, I want thank you so much for being here. Thank you for coming here each and every week. I just... It, I love it so much. You guys come in here each and every week. It helps. It makes me so happy, right? You guys are awesome. You know, so I'd like to encourage you to continue to come back. I love seeing you guys here and everything. And uh, yeah, well, I'll see you guys in the next episode. Hey, as always, know the risks, plan accordingly, and have a great day. 